You're listening to the Savvy Citizen Podcast. I'm Joshua Braswell. In this episode, Elizabeth McGee and I will be interviewing Linda Mingus and Nautica Mason from the North Carolina Cooperative Extension. We'll discuss their expanded food and nutrition education program and how it helps Gaston County residents stay healthy and nourished in the face of rising food costs. Welcome to another episode of Savvy Citizen. I'm Joshua Braswell. I'm joined once again by uh, co-host Elizabeth McGee. And hello. we are here with, hello, <laughs> uh, we are here with uh, returning guest Linda Mingus from the North Carolina Cooperative Extension. Her guest today is uh, Nautica Mason, who is also with the Cooperative Extension. And correct me if I get your title wrong, but you are the Expanded Food and Nutrition Education Program Assistant? Yes, is that that's correct? correct. So what is okay. the Expanded Food and Education? Education assistant do. What do you do? <laughs> um, so I teach um, nutrition classes to low-income youth and families here in Gaston County. Awesome. So, like, what does that entail when you say nutrition? I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we're talking about food, but is it, like, grocery shopping, recipes, that kind of thing? So um, with the parents, um, we teach them about grocery shopping, um, food safety, um tips, saving money, um, and then just cooking with low income uh, budgets. And then as far as youth, um, we teach them about just making healthy snacks, things that they can do um, at home if they have access to a stove or if they don't have access to a stove. Um, We also teach them about kitchen safety, food safety, um, and then physical activity is a component with our youth and the adults. And how do folks get involved with your program? So I go out and I talk to community partners, so um, like Title I schools, um, a lot of Boys and Girls Clubs. I don't know if you've heard of T. Jeffers. Um, I've done Boys and Girls Clubs in Bessemer City, um, as well as after-school programs like the Dream Center. Um, So I got to them and I talk to them um, and see if they're interested. I also have flyers that go up. We can market it um, on our Facebook page Mm -hmm. or our website if they're interested in the class. So it's, what's the classroom like? So you're teaching a class to a group of people and are people like preparing meals? So I normally go to them. So I'll go to where they are and I come in. This is a federally funded program, so everything is free. So I come in and um, I try to let the kids do as much as hands-on as possible. So for example, if we're making like homemade pizzas, I'll bring the food, like the muffins, the pizza sauce, the toppings, and I'll let the kids make their own pizzas. Um, We've made kebabs, and I'll let them make their own kebabs, whether it's fruit, veggies. We've even made pizza kebabs before, so. Wait, how do you make a pizza kebab? (laughs) (laughs) I'm intrigued. (laughs) (laughs) So we have the um, small, like the grape tomatoes, we have the little cube cheese, um, and then I cut bread into tiny triangles as well as other toppings such as pepperoni or um, maybe ham, and they put it on the um, kebab stick, and then I get pizza sauce on the side, and they just dip it in there and eat it. They love it. So cool. I like that. Pretty good. Sometimes I'll make myself, like, and I call it my adult Lunchable because (laughs) I'll take, like, an English muffin and put some um, tomato sauce on there and a little mozzarella, a little shaker. Shake us some oregano on top. <laughs> it's really my uh, lunchable, adult lunchable version of a pizza when I'm feeling extra lazy. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah, that's cool. So um, what kind of things are you hoping for people to like take away from your classes? 
Um, so I'm hoping that they take away something in class that they can do um, at home. So a lot of things, problems that we run into is kids don't do the grocery shopping. Their parents do. So um, I'm hoping that they can find something healthy um, that their parents buy from the grocery store or even make suggestions like, Mom, um, I'd like some strawberries today or I want to make the yogurt that we made in class. And um, they have the ingredients so they can tell their parents what to go buy or even be interested in going in the grocery store and reading like the nutrition label um, or deciding, you know, which bread is better, wheat or white bread. So I'm hoping that they take that away for the youth. Um, as far as parents, um, just finding a quicker way to make dinner. Um, a lot of parents complain about cooking, saying that cooking takes too long. Um, and then, of course, the price of food that's rising. So I'm hoping that they take away recipes that are easy to make um, and that doesn't take long at all. Mm -hmm. And their kids will love it. So. You mentioned nutrition labels and I have to agree they're a little bit inscrutable so like if you're reading your nutrition label what are you looking out for so um we do a curriculum we do a curriculum on my plate so um we talked to them about my plate and what to look for on the back so how much sugar um sodium carbs um, and then we look also look at serving sizes because we're trying to teach them about portions mm -hmm. um, and portioning out their meals. So we teach them how to look on the back and learn their serving sizes. Yeah. Cool. One of the things that I was going to add that, that has been really interesting over the years in terms of working with children and with families and Nautica could probably tell you a little bit more about this, but, you know, we gr we're living in a state, North Carolina has a bounty of locally grown produce, but we have so many children who may not have had that experience of being able to try, for example, watermelon or strawberries or tomatoes because either their family, you know, do not have access to it or it's not a familiar food that they're preparing or growing and so one of the great things about FNAP and our other North Carolina Cooperative Extension food activities is that it really helps to introduce that and makes eating smart the healthy choice and a tasty choice. And it's so cool to see kids to love the recipes. And often when FNAP comes in, they'll say, there's the nutrition lady, and they get so excited around food and preparing healthy meals. And just remind me, FNAP stands for Food and... Expanded Food and Nutrition Education Program. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Wait, That's a mouthful. Why is it expanded? That is a federal, um, federally funded <laughs> program, and I really don't know. It has always been that. And, you know, that really is a challenge here in the Carolinas. The name alone, people don't know what that is, but because it is through USDA and... Again, just to give you a little bit of background information, every state houses FNAP a little differently. So here in North Carolina, it's housed through NC State, North Carolina Cooperative Extension. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, it's a great resource around nutrition. Nautica, you should talk about some of the recipes and the materials that participants get because they are awesome. Um, so a favorite that we have, it's called a uh, fruit with yogurt orange dip. And so... Um, I just get, it's kind of like a variety of fruits. So I do strawberries, grapes, apples, banana, kiwi, and then we make the dip. It's orange juice, cinnamon, and vanilla yogurt. 
Um, the kids love it because we also practice knife safety, so they get to cut their fruits up into bite-sized pieces. And you would honestly be surprised how many kids have never had kiwi. So um, that them trying a new food, um, practicing knife skills, as well as tasting something different. A lot of them think that it's ranch, but it's just dip, orange dip. That um, does sound really good. It is. It's, it's really like good. a creamsicle dip. It's really good. They're they're um, afraid to try new things, especially the way it looks. You know, they say you eat with your eyes. Yeah. So um, sometimes they look at it and think, ah, and I'm like, well, just try it. And they try it and they actually like it. Um, we've also done a um, power-up smoothie. Um, it's called Popeye's Power-Up Smoothie. Popeye, um, the cartoon character, he loves spinach. So um, in the smoothie, it's spinach, bananas, pineapple juice, yogurt, and orange juice. And it's green. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the kids are looking at it like, ah, where's the regular strawberry banana smoothie? nasty but um when they taste it it's really good so I haven't had any complaints after tasting it so stuff like that just stuff that they don't know um that they think it's nasty but it's not nasty so you're getting a lot of spinach you're eating your veggies like in a smoothie and it's good yeah is there a series of classes like are you do they sign up and it's like a course that they go through or is it just one class offered at a time, if that, if that makes sense. Yes, so we have, um, the series is six classes. So normally I go once a week um, for six weeks to um, whatever partnership that I'm working with, and we just do classes based on the grade level. So we have um, a curriculum for teens, we have a curriculum for um, K through fifth, and then, of course, the adults have their own separate curriculum as well. And so, Naraki, you've been here for at the county for almost a year, right? Almost a year. So what got you interested in teaching nutrition? What made you want to go for this job? So um, I was doing my internship at the extension in Cleveland County. Um, I recently just graduated with my master's. Congratulations. So. Oh, yeah, nice. yes. Thank you. Um, so it was an internship uh, for my master's degree. What was your master's in? Public health. All right. Okay. Yeah. So it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I, there, they didn't have a FNIP agent in Cleveland County, but they had a family consumer science agent and then a 4-H agent. And um, the family consumer science agent did a lot of cooking videos virtually because we were still in COVID. Mm -hmm. um, and I was, I saw what she did. I was interested in it. Um, and then a position here came avail available with FNIP. And I was reading the description, and um, the 4-H agent was kind of also telling me about it. Um, and it sounded like something interesting. Um, I was talking to a coworker the other day, and I mentioned that going through school in public health, they don't really give classes on food and nutrition and how that relates to public health. And that's actually an important factor. Oh, really? So yes. a lot of this you've basically learned on the job through the extension? Yes. That's yes. very cool. So what has been your favorite part about doing this work for the past year? Um, my favorite part about doing this work is um, seeing the impacts. So having kids try new foods that are everyday foods, like, for example, kiwi, um, and they love it, um, as well as we take pre- and post-surveys. So I love seeing um, the progress that I made. So at the end, you'll have a student who... I mean, at the beginning, you'll have a student who doesn't wash their hands every day, 
doesn't wash their fruits and veggies, doesn't really eat fruits, and then towards the end of those six weeks, they've increased their fruit intake by 20%. Um, they're washing their hands every day. They are washing their produce. Um, so just seeing those improvements and positive impacts. Yeah. And those are really core public health concepts of just very basic, like washing your hands, food safety, um, all that kind of stuff. Right. So I, I can see the journey. (laughs) I see the journey through the masters. It all, it all makes sense. I understand why you're here now. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's interesting because I typically work with older adults, and we have, through our 4-H program, um, we have done a lot of youth, older youth and cooking programs, and it amazes me even today how many children and families are disconnected from cooking and from understanding where their food comes from, but they don't have the basic life skills in terms of how to prepare simple foods and even, you know, just the safety side of that. So I think FNEP really supports that work being done and those skills for the entire family, which is so important. And in fact, Cooperative Extension is currently, I think right now they're doing a pilot of a young adult like a college level curriculum for meal prep and this is continuing to become more of an issue as inflation and food cost and we're addressing issues with public health like food security you know the the role of an fnep and these life skills are more important than ever before yeah i mean this is something that even though we may see it disproportionately impacting people who live in food deserts or who are on low income, it's something that everyone struggles with at some point of just being too burned out to want to <laughs> go home and spend more time cooking. Sometimes you just want to crash on the couch and order a pizza, which, you know, is okay sometimes. But but it's I think this is great to, like, help foster a community culture of healthy eating and just helping everyone remember it's not that hard and it can be therapeutic too right um for our adult curriculum just to piggyback off of what you said um we talk about planning plan to know what's for dinner so if you start on sunday and i know it sounds a lot but (laughs) if you start on sunday and you plan out your meals for monday through friday it can really help a lot Mm -hmm. um it can help with your grocery shopping Um, we found out that a lot of us, we tend to buy things twice. We tend to not look in our cabinets or the fridge before we go to the grocery store. And we're like, do we have ketchup? Do we have cheese for this or what I'm trying to make? So it's really important to just make a grocery list and go and get those groceries for the week being. Um, We talk about couponing um, as well as other resources that could be in the community, such as like farmer's markets. Mm -hmm. Um, Also during our surveys for the post survey we have questions asking um if they have trouble with finding food or having access to food yeah um so we know what resources to give them and help them if they're short on food yeah so you're talking about like if someone does live in a food desert where and what can can either of you explain what we mean by food desert when we say that word well, what we're typically talking about, and I'm I'm not really referring to the official USDA definition, but we're looking at areas of our community that don't have access to, you know, some of those healthy foods like fruits and vegetables and, you know, 
so many people don't live near in a, an radius in terms of being able to access grocery stores or they don't have the transportation to get there. So I know, in fact, one of our recent interns did a presentation and there's a lot of information to identify those pockets throughout our county. And I know Gaston County is doing quite a bit of that. For example, the work in the Highland community, which was definitely identified as having food deserts. And we even talked about, you know, some of the long-term implications and ideas of what can communities do to bring in and to draw grocery stores in. So that becomes a challenge as well. And, you know, that is another great thing. Our work with Cooperative Extension and Local Foods and being able to to work in collaboration with a lot of community partners of connecting people with sources of food. We had a situation just last week, and our school gardening um, coordinator, Marcus, he actually helped a family get connected because they were very much food insecure and connecting them with resources. And also just wanted to mention, FNAP is also tied into or linked in p- dual partnership with our school gardening community in terms of um, we're, we're not able to do the program simultaneously because school calendars are already so filled in the demand but many of the sites that FNAP are present and with the schools, also we have our school community garden. So kids are growing fruits and vegetables, mostly vegetables. They have fall gardens and they have spring gardens. And then many times FNAP will come in and they will teach the nutrition side. So they're really learning from farm to table, which is incredible. Wow. Yeah, a great resource. So this is a federal program, right? Yes. So are you just given a curriculum and do you have to follow it to the T or do you get to kind of put your own spin on it? Um, So we are given the curriculum, but we do have um, permission to teach it our own way, put our own spin on it. Yeah. Um, And so basically what I do is um, each child has a different learning style. So I kind of fill out the class when I first go. Um, and then I also do like a lot of review every week that I go in just to make sure that, um, everybody's on the same page. Everybody's catching up before I'm proteins. I want to make sure everybody in the class knows what a protein is. They aren't confused. Yeah. Same thing with, um, any other subject that we're talking about. So like, what's your spin that you put on your class? What's your favorite thing to teach about? Um, or your, like, what's your special touch that you put on there? I... Sounds really bad, but I like <laughs> everything a game. Kids no, that's games. awesome. <laughs> it Kids is so true. Games. I make everything a game, and they're so competitive. So um, I do, like, a lot of challenges, like a lot of races. Like, we'll um, do, like, a My Plate relay race where um, you're on teams, and you have to um, hop on one foot and go down to the bucket and get a pick up something from out of the bucket. Fits a fruit. You gotta go to to the section of my plate supposed to go in. Um, if it's eggs, gotta wait, what, out hold what on. Section. What do you mean my sec the section of my plate? Maybe I don't know what my <laughs> plate is. So um, my plate is a dietary guideline. Uh-huh. Um, it is filled with fruits, vegetables. So it's like a picture of a plate. Yes. Okay. Grains, protein, and then there's like a little cup to the side, and that's dairy. Wait. So what is your plate? It's supposed to be like half. Fruits and veggies. Oh, half. I was going to say half carbs (laughs) because that's what I want it to be. I want my plate to be half bread and (laughs) 
a quarter cheese. <laughs> okay, so, but that's not right, right? Right. So okay. half of it is fruits and veggies, um, and the, on the other side, it's proteins and um, it's grains. The grain triangle is a little bit bigger than um, the proteins, but as uh-huh. far as your grains, they want you to le- to make at least half your grains whole grains. Okay. And then um, protein. We talk about protein because. That's one of the sections that I believe nobody struggles with. We probably get too much protein, mm-hmm. whereas we need to be increasing um, the other sections of my plate. Yeah, like really fill up on fruits and vegetables. Right. And yeah. Make sure you get your dairy intake too. Your dairy intake. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then just a cup to the a sad little dessert cup. <laughs> Dessert's good. Yeah. Dessert. Healthy dessert. It's part of a balanced diet. Right. Right. Wait. Healthy. What do you have? Healthy dessert tips. Um, maybe like a parfait. Like a yogurt parfait? Yep, yogurt parfait. It's pretty healthy. Um, we have some great fruit-based recipes in Med Instead of Meds, which I've talked about. So a couple of my favorites, um, we have like a frozen banana recipe <gasps> that we do. I love a frozen banana. Yeah, and what's With so great. a little great, bit of peanut butter or yogurt on it. Yeah, so what's great about that, it's called Banita Granita. <laughs> and so it's a great way to take your leftover overripe bananas and peel them, throw them in the freezer, and then when you're ready, you can put them in a blender and then add frozen fruit like blueberries or just a sprinkle of honey or just your bananas and then um, another favorite that we do with med instead of meds is broiled blueberries and even like frozen blueberries and you can put just a like maybe a teaspoon or a tablespoon of brown sugar and then sprinkle uh, low fat either sour cream or you could put some vanilla yogurt on top and broil it (gasps) that is absolutely one of my favorites oh my god baked apples We do baked apples quite a bit. And that's a great one, too, because, you know, a bag of apples is relatively inexpensive. They're available Mm year-round, and they'll last for a while. So especially if you live alone, um, and kids love apples. So so anytime you can make fruit your dessert or the base of it, that's a really good, healthy option. And we have lots of great recipes. And my plate has the whole My Kitchen resource which is another level of resor- of recipes, and you can even filter them based on cost or ingredient. Um, so you can find some good, simple recipes there too. It is true. There's truly nothing better than like a plate of fresh berries with a little whipped cream on the side. Absolutely. So I learned from a cookbook recently. I've been doing this a lot this summer of just squeezing some lime juice and lime zest on the berries. It to quote Emerald, it just kicks it up a <laughs> notch. <laughs> That's Emerald says that, right? Yeah, and he also says bam. 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 Yeah. yeah, I take That's that true. lime zest, I put it on the strawberries. <laughs> bam. It's so good. And yeah, but I now that you mentioned the yogurt, it would be pretty easy to replace the whipped cream with just a dollop of yogurt. That would be good too. So is my plate affiliated with is it like a government thing? Um, it's with the Department of Agriculture. Okay, yeah, cool. so, so that's a federal thing. Yeah. yeah, so all of our dietary guidelines that are, uh, you know, usually updated about every five years. Um, so those those guidelines, are, you see that in a visual guidance of currently MyPlate. And you can go, you can Google MyPlate and find tons of great resources for families to individuals. If you're an older adult, lots of tips and now we even have an app for our phone with great resources. So oh. one of the things I started doing is teaching a webinar on my plate mm-hmm. because it's become so um, 
web-driven and interactive, and people Mm -hmm. don't really know all the resources there. So that's been kind of a fun way to teach folks, and they can, you know, load that on their phone. You can even personalize your menu plan. It'll tell you roughly how many calories you need, even if it'll even kind of nudge you if you need to lose weight for a healthier weight, Uh and it'll give you the number of servings per day and ideas on meal planning. So it's wonderful resources, and many folks don't know about it, and the my kitchen aspect of it, folks really like because the recipes are very simple. And again, like Nautica has been talking about, they're based on, you know, the guidance and being low cost and simple for, for anybody. So mm-hmm. lots of great resources out there through USDA. So, okay, so this is coming through the federal government, through USDA, but like, what's the science behind this? Why should I believe that this is like, valid for me to follow? Yeah, and, you know, that's a great question. Well, first of all, you know, all of the research through USDA um, that's being done from nutrition experts across the whole world come together, and as I mentioned, about every five years, I believe, we get our dietary guidelines updated Mm -hmm. and look at the best practices and the best science behind that. So, for example, what we see with the most recent version, and I can't even remember what the years are on with that. You know, time flies by when you're having fun. When you're having Um, COVID. (laughs) Yes, when you're having COVID, it's a blur. Um, But, for example, one of the things that we know, um, again, as Nautica had mentioned, the focus on fruits and vegetables. So many health experts agree that our diet being built around fruits and vegetables is good for everyone. And most Americans, we don't get enough fruits and veggies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some of the concepts um, for good heart health are based around the Mediterranean diet of healthy fats. And there's so much research out there that is guided by that. And you can find that research if you even want to dive deeper through my plate and the USDA and the dietary guidance. So that guidance develops and drives my plate. It also is used for our food labeling, Mm -hmm. which is managed through FDA. So all of those things come down through USDA. And then, you know, you'll see some slight changes as they're updated about every five years. Cool. So, you know, we're running this program locally, teaching families who live in Gaston County about food and nutrition. Um, And even though this is a federal program, like we talked about, but you're putting your own spin on it. So what are your goals for the next couple years? Like what do you, when you look into the future, what does success look like for for FNAP? So um, I believe also just for the future, just continuing to make those positive impacts um, and to get more, youth involved in the program as well as um, adults. So right now I'm 75% youth and 25% adult. Hmm. Um, Gaston County actually struggles trying to get um, adult audiences. Really? So, um, yes. So I believe in the future just trying to um, get in contact with those adults who need um, the FNIP program. Yeah. Um, I believe a lot of adults just don't – look into it because they may figure that they don't qualify. Like a lot of people think that it costs money yeah. um, or that it's not free when it is free. Yeah. Um, so you can get free education. Who, um, who like if you, if you want to sign up for this, how can you do it? Um, you can contact me, um, co- go to cooperative extension and contact me, not a Mason. Um, 
you can go to our Facebook page, um, or if you're around and you want to come to the office and come talk to me, you can come um, and do that as well. I don't have like a specific website, um, but I also I try to contact partners mm-hmm. here in Gaston County, low income partners um, that hold adults as well. I try to see if they're interested. Mm-hmm. Cool. And do you just like if I have a friend that I might want to refer to you? Do you accept? Just people can just, anyone can walk up. You don't have to be, like, referred by your doctor or something. Right, right, anyone. Um, anyone, and then we have to see if you meet the um, qualifications. What are those income. qualifications? Um, you have to be in a household that you just have to have children. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> have to have children. You know, one of the things that you ask about what are our goals and and the challenges, another aspect of this is, as you can imagine, so Nautica was preparing food for how many children in one class a couple of weeks ago? Um, You mean when I had the 113. 113. (laughs) So uh, one of the things that Extension really relies on are volunteers. Our volunteers really help support the program capacity that we have Mm -hmm. in terms of doing all this prep um, because we don't have a commercial kitchen. We don't have food service workers behind the scenes getting this food prep. So it, you know, whenever you're doing food prep activities, especially from a classroom perspective, food safety training and guidance and a plan. It, it takes a lot of different things in place. So with that, we have a the program called the Extension Master Food Volunteer Program. So we're doing a fall training, and people can sign up for that. And those volunteers, one of the things they can do is help to be a part of that, especially if you're passionate about youth and families and you want to help make a difference to come and be a part of that, help support the FNET program, do food prep activities to take um, because we things can get really busy. And sometimes we're limited by, you know, our staffing and also our ability of how many classes can you prep for. Because your demand is so high that there's Absolutely. just a, a level where you just, you level out and you can't do anymore. Yeah, wow. exactly. So the volunteers really make a difference. And what is amazing, and I always say this, and this is one of the reasons why I love the work that Extension does. Our organization has been around for more than 100 years. We have families that have been generationally involved with our organization. So when I came to Extension about 20 years ago, we had an ECA member who helps with a lot of the food preparation activities. She was in her 80s. She became involved with his, with Extension when she was about eight or nine as a 4-H'er. Aww. And her mother brought her to, they were called homemakers at the time, the ECA Homemakers Association meeting with her mother. Uh-huh. And because of her connection with us, she continues to be a member today. And so it's really interesting the connection that Extension has. Even though we receive funds on the federal, state, and local level, we are truly a grassroots organization, and our volunteers make all the difference in the world. Yeah, so, like, 
if I wanted to volunteer, what's, what's the commitment like and what kind of stuff would I be doing to start off with? Yeah, so it depends on what level of involvement you want to do. We have volunteers that just want to help infrequently. But for example, as I mentioned with our new Master Food Volunteer Program, we'll be doing a nine-week training and it's about two hours each week. But it involves a lot of food prep activities, learning about good nutrition, learning about the curriculum and extension and a little bit of the history. And of course, some of our guidance and regulations in terms of working with youth and community groups. And there is a small cost of $40, but we have scholarships available. We don't want to turn anyone away, especially if you're looking to volunteer. And then the great part about that is you get to connect with others. And, you know, we've all talked about how COVID has impacted our community and people are in isolation. So being able to come out and get with what I call foodies, you know, get with other foodies or people who are just interested in wanting to volunteer can be a lot of fun. And as the COVID, you know, sort of lowers and, you know, I know right now it's going up a little bit more. But one of the things we're hoping to be able to do is like food tours and go out and learn together. So it's also a great opportunity to learn and to be able to kind of take that journey together with others. So then once you complete the program, then depending on what your interest is, you may want to help with FNIP. You may want to help with me and do food preservation workshops like canning or freezing. Or you I may learn that. <laughs> yeah. Or you may want to come out and help us with med instead of meds at one of the senior centers or at churches. Or you may want to go to Stanley, go to Common Ground and help us with the newest program we have called LIFT, which is a physical activity program. So there's a lot of avenues in the realm of nutrition and wellness volunteer activities. But we are so excited about this new Master Food Volunteer Program. So I welcome anyone to get in touch with me. All the information's on our website or you can call. We'd love to talk to you more about that. Linda, Nautica, thank you both for joining us today. Yeah, it's great to talk me. to you guys. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Thanks for having me here. Absolutely. Bye.